Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse, the fifth column. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. I'm Camille Foster. I do things at Freethink. Freethunk? Freethink. Freethunk? Freethink. Freethunk. Still Freethink. Freethunk. Freethink. I still do things at Freethink, and I'm delighted to be here. It's going to be wonderful, uproarious, worth your time. Michael Moynihan, Vice News. (laughs) On the microphone, Matt Welch, <laughs> also on the microphone. He's the editor at Large Reason. And Velveeta. gentlemen, it is good to be with you again. <laughs> Velveeta on the microphone. Smooth as Velveeta. I'm changing my name. Changing my name. Velveeta, Velveeta Welch. Yeah. Um, how, how the hell are you guys doing? I mean, um, oh, I, we, do you want to know what happened? This is the only thing. This will, um, I have a bunch of work that's going to come up soon. I'm going to announce it soon, I hope. Um, like some big, at your employer? I, just relax. Right. Just don't get ahead of me here. Okay. It's going to be exciting. People are going to love it. Um, uh, but yeah, in, in, in the interim, nothing's really happening. It's the end of the summer. And uh, I was really hungover the other day. This is amazing. Um, it's the only thing that's happened to me. It's the only story I have. So, like, honestly, fuck you. Just fast forward if you don't think it's good enough. Because this is nothing happens. I mowed the lawn, but I was really hungover. <laughs> and I went, um, uh, I was driving from the city back to uh, East Egg. And I, the only place was a, was a uh, McDonald's. And there was, like, a really angry woman in the, in the checkout or whatever through the screen. And she's, like, all pissed off. And I didn't know, understand what she was saying. I was being really nice. And then I drove up. And I got a bacon and cheese because I was, like, I felt. Like maybe I shouldn't be driving because enough time had gone by, but I don't think I'd flush the booze out of my system. Yeah. And so hmm. I was like sweating and shaking and I driving and I took a bite of the bacon and cheese and it didn't taste right. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, and I looked at it and they had clearly run out of muffins. Right. And this is the podcast you're listening to guys. This yep. is the, as good as it gets. And they had replaced them with small pancakes so my bacon egg and cheese nope. was made with pancakes. And they can't, I can't do anything because I'm back on the highway. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking turn around. And they're eating a pancake, bacon, egg, and cheese. So hungover. And I'm like, I think I'm going to be sick. I ate the whole thing. That's an upgrade. Yeah, it was an upgrade. That's an upgrade. They were helping you. Yes. That's yeah, good. Like, she was like, are you a gold medallion member? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Give me the pancake sandwich. Give me the, pan- the one you've been hiding. That's a- Did they like slip some syrup you, in there? You do know that's a thing. <clears throat> Is it? Yeah, it's a thing. Is that an actual sandwich? That is a thing that they do at McDonald's. Oh, no, really? Yeah, they have the one with the, the pancake and the syrup is the bread. And then they what put the, the egg and sausage in between. What That's has happened? Late. Yeah. Late capitalism. That's a, that happened a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, Holy it happened a long shit. time ago. What kind of matrix late capitalist Jacobin <laughs> world are we living in? Can you believe it? They've run out of it. You know, as people are like, has too much choice. I hate going to the supermarket <laughs> and true. seeing like seven types of or, or 85 types of like, do people really get upset by that? Like they, I can't no. choose. It's just like this bad thing they say, but yeah, I think we've run out of choice at uh, McDonald's. If, that, <laughs> if that's a real thing, I thought they made a mistake yeah. or they were fucking with me. There's but, a, uh, there is a story that this every, is a politics podcast, right? Every <laughs> single person Sometimes. who like media criticism fled Bratislava for Vienna in 1989 or 1990, or like went for the first time to the West. They all tell the same story. And it is of actually going through that supermarket choice that uh, allegedly really upsets the Jacobin writers in Brooklyn. 
Um, yeah. But mm. they actually do it. They go from the, uh, you know going to a place uh, that's called store and there's nothing in it. Yeah. yeah. To going to a like hypermark in uh, in uh, Vienna somewhere, and they they are paralyzed not just with choice but mostly with joy delight yeah and joy and then absolute shuddering fury at everything that prevented them from having access to this i, I, I might, mean it's, yeah. it's universal everyone i, I might have story. mentioned this before but you know if you've been listening to this podcast that intently you might get a few reruns <laughs> so i think i might have mentioned this before but when i was in south korea with these dissident groups that were sending uh, stuff up in balloons to North Korea. One of the things they would do is send USB drives because people have these flip up uh, DVD players that they kind of smuggle in from China and they have USB ports on them. So they send in um, South Korean soap operas and things like that. And there was one guy I met and he said, what I do is I go into the grocery store and I just walk through filming. And then I just put a video file of that on the USB oh, stick. Wow. Be, be, and, I, and it's like, that's it. No commentary, no nothing. I just show them because the propaganda is that, you know, this wretched place where there's homelessness and people starving on the streets and you don't get an actual look at it. So I just film the grocery store and then you come back to the US and it's like, you know what? This is choice, man. Do we need 40 types of Pantene? I'm like, yes, motherfucker, we do. We have a very multicultural society. People was, need different types of hair products. What was the name so of the, cool Spring, the Springsteen 90s song? Uh, 50, oh, 57, 57, 57 channels. channels and nothing, nothing on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did, had you heard of the internet yet? <laughs> well, it was Lucky Town, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Seven million web results and nothing to read from the Christic Institute. You should Google that, right? Wow. Deep yeah, cut. that's a deep cut there. Um, so, yeah, it was a pancake story, and then Camille just fucked it up by telling me that that was an actual... Maybe Look, I, and he's got his eyebrows all thing. crossed over there. So you're, just mad, you're mad about the recall, Camille. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Your people failed. I'm not so mad about the recall, what? but we could we could talk about that. Um, we could talk about what's up, Penn? What do you? What do you? What do you uh, <laughs> we could talk about that uh, along with a number of other things. A few other things going on. Some new books being published, creating re revelations. But let's start with California. Let's start with the recall. Oh, can we can we start with another small thing first? Um, I just it's oh, just gonna no, annoy me. I'll let you start what with it. it. I just want to put. I just want to set the talking about your penis. set the table. It's all about my penis. Um, you usually so have starts lump, that way. And I went to like, <laughs> no. Um, I, I I just want to talk quickly because right? I want to get your guys' take on oh, this no. because it's related to yeah, the yeah. choice thing. Um, it, the Met Gala. All right. It was designed mm. as a as a um, like Instagram moment where uh, AOC, who is some kind of Congress person uh, from a mm -hmm. marginal district in Queens, um, uh, went with a with a, a dress on that said "Tax the Rich," which I was unaware we're not doing. Yeah. Were you? Did you not know that? I think. The rich are being taxed. I think they pay most in New of them. York too. Yeah, especially in New York. Like a yeah. lot. We do a lot, in do a lot of taxing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think it was Megan McArdle who had a great tweet about how the, the Met is a uh, tax shelter because it's like donations for rich people. Of course, uh, which is hilarious. Um, I think I sent it to you guys that night. I might have sent it to you that that story. But I was wondering because I have I, it just annoyed me so much. Did am I wrong to be annoyed about this, or am I just falling into what this is the trap? that was set for me by the dare squad ill squado or whatever the fuck it is. My annoyance at it is that, uh, anyone would get like, would, would take seriously the, the high fiving her for being brave in any sense. She just wants to hang out with famous people. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, so like, when, <laughs> when Kurt Cobain was on the cover of Rolling Stone in like 1991 or whatever it was wearing the t-shirt saying corporate magazines still suck. Um, 
I am confident. <laughs> I am confident that wherever he is looking down or more probably up, uh, up at us uh, to this day, he'd feel pretty bad about that. He'd feel pretty stupid. I mean, he it. married a woman who is like, did not he retained those ethos after his death but like good on her and bad on him uh yeah. she once uh, said like uh when punk rockers were getting mad at her for showing up at the oscars in some like de la renta gown she's like motherfucker you want to go to the oscars in de la renta yeah. gown i'm gonna get like i'm not gonna be 29 years old forever i'm gonna do this thing and it's gonna be great and she owned it um there's uh there's this sort of cheap ownership of aoc like i'm really doing something here like why does the dress never say help the poor mm -hmm. like it's so fucking performative mm -hmm. if you wanted to help someone you would hey help the poor that's actually a thing mm -hmm. um tax the rich is not a thing it's like it's this flaccid statement and like congratulate me for being brave here for doing a thing but literally everybody else had fucking shirts on that said other messages there were like five of them literally like five different people with like various dumb kind of you know woke messages on their on their clothes but the thing that pissed me off about it was that um it doesn't piss me off it's just like it shows you how successful she's been at tricking exceptionally dumb people i mean she's a dumb person herself if you doubt that by the way um go watch my old pal margaret hoover's interview with her on the uh, PBS show that she does the um, firing line, the, the, yeah, the revived uh, firing line in which she asks <laughs> AOC about uh, Israel, Palestine. And she knows that she's supposed to have a very particular view on this. Cause she hasn't thought it out. She gets, she gets the parcel, right? It's like one of those boxes that has all the meat in it for the month. She has all of her ideology accounts, but she hadn't consumed that one yet. And so she was like, you know, Israel is really <laughs> just awful. And, and Margaret's like, why? Because and she's Margaret's a pit bull of an interview, and she was like, you know, I don't really know, but I know it's bad, and it was just like so embarrassing, and everyone falls for this shit. So she says she uh, releases a statement afterwards because she's ready to go for that. Because if it was like seven people on Twitter, she's still going to release a statement. I mean, she's, the whole thing is, as you say, performative, and she comes out, and God, in heaven, it was amazing. The statement uh, included um, something about like how um, people, it's really hard uh, being uh, in this Hispanic body or something. She's like, no, she said me and my body, which was funny as, as two separate <laughs> entities. Because body, you just throw that in now, right? You just throw it in any sentence and it signals to people. I mean, her body is totally conventionally attractive in 2021 America. I, I'm not going to comment on that because yeah. I think that's yeah. sexist. Matt, and, I mean, you're not um, allowed to do that. Totally true. Can't and according that. to you, yeah. Yeah. So is yours. <laughs> you can you only know? talk about how, how sexually attractive men are. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You're only allowed yeah. to do well, that. And, 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 and I want to quote the- It can't be heteronormative. That's the no, problem. No, no. Yeah. It can be heteronegative. That's about it. But I, <laughs> I want to quote, quote the very posh, uh, rich uh, model, Cara D. Levine, who had a shirt on it said, Peg the Patriarchy. And if you don't know Ooh. what pegging is, I got, I got the, some treats for you. Pascal <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Gobri. Yeah. Peg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Peg, Google French, it. Turn, guy off, on Twitter. turn off save search and Google um, it. Yeah. <laughs> but so she does this thing about her body and all this shit because she's like doing the doing the whole fake uh, language business. And then she yeah. says, you know, my um, uh, dress was uh, made by an immigrant uh, woman who was from Canada. 
<laughs> which is true. Doesn't She's count. from Toronto. Um, I was like count. thinking like she was making the dress in in like Quito or something, but she's from Toronto. <laughs> and she's like these uh, millionaires and billionaires and all this stuff. And, you know, she went with that woman who owns a clothing company who sells like boots that are like $1,500 for like a pair of boots. Uh, and that woman's uh, boy uh, boyfriend. And she referred to them, both of them as working class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's not working class, okay? You're a fucking politician, which is the lowest form of pawn scum on the planet. If you have that job, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry to some of our listeners who are politicians. You're lovely. There are exceptions, and it's the people who listen to this podcast. But you're a politician. You drive a Tesla. You go to the Met Gala, and you're literally saying, as a working class woman, go fuck yourself, number one. Number two, they went uh, with that woman and her boyfriend. And she gets gets on um uh, Instagram later and says, uh, you know, people, this is total bullshit too. She's like, you know, when people think I'm talking about the rich people, I'm talking, I'm talking about lawyers. I'm, I'm Joe Biden. Listen, I'm not talking about lawyers. I'm talking about doctors. I'm talking about millionaires, billionaires, billionaires. And she literally went with this woman who made her dress, uh, the immigrant working class woman, um, whose boyfriend is the son of Edgar Bronfman, who is the billionaire. The fuck? Yeah, the fuck? yeah, she went with him. It was the billionaire owner of the Seagram's um, fortune. Which owned MCI back in the day. Everything. I mean, yeah. they, they're literally billionaires. And the son is, uh, was uh, accompanying them on their uh, working class. I mean, it is so bizarre that this is a world that we live in. And it, to me, it just is, signals the failure of the ideology that people like AOC espouse, because I mean, what an incredible victory uh, for capitalism that you, you're with these fantastically successful people of all different races and all different backgrounds, um, all of whom have millions and millions of dollars. And uh, you're going there to, uh, to say the medium is the message, uh, uh, quoting Marshall McLuhan, I, I suppose, if you knew Mangling, yeah. Mangling McLuhan. <laughs> it's my new book, Mangling McLuhan. <laughs> you know, Woody Allen should have been there pulling Marshall McLuhan out from behind a pillar to explain what he really meant by that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, everyone there is wildly successful um tax the rich where you have a country where you know the rich pay what you know 85 percent 90 percent of the taxes and um yeah i mean what a what a great country where this bartender as she still thinks she's a bartender by the way i want to see her make a drink sometime and of course the final insult there was that she was walking to her limo or whatever and there was a man behind her masked when she wasn't masked because all the help was masked and this has been pointed out by a lot of people holding the train of her dress as she walked down, waving to people while people were taking pictures and the paparazzi getting into a car to go to the Met Gala. And we are in a world in which that is working class. I think we won. I think the working, I, I think the working class won. If that's what the working class has that's become, true. that's pretty successful. So there you go. I just, it's been driving me fucking crazy. And particularly that I'm working class. And so my working class immigrant friend who is dating uh, a billionaire and has a company and she's from Canada. Bronfman. So, yeah. 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 Edgar Bronfman's uh, uh, son. And I think the Bronfman, one of them was, was involved in the, what was that called? The Nexum, Nexum, Nevexum, the sex right, cult. Yeah. One of them was involved. In Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember which one. The best one I would say. You got Camille's attention. The most Camille, yeah. Cult. Yeah, Camille weird. was like, he tried to join, and they were like, you know what? Um, we we're like a country club in the fifties. We just do not allow people like you, Camille, into the sex yeah. cult. So, well, I wouldn't join. It was a racist I'm sex very cult. Happy, happily married man, 
and I've, I've been married for to the to the same woman for a very long time, dating her since I was sixteen. I would have never would have never been eligible for that sort of thing. Monogamous. I've never seen something would have never the, the, the tense. Yes, yeah. I know. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it sounds would like there's been a eligible. fucking gun pressed to the back of his head. When he's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I have no I'm interest in that sort of thing. Married. Just want to be yeah. very clear about that. I have no sure. interest in it. What I do have some yeah. interest in, however, okay, transition is the California yeah. election. Ding, 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 ding. Gavin Newsom survives the Republican-led recall effort. They were going to replace him with a, a Trumpian white supremacist by the name of Larry Elder. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Um, in August of this year, when we were talking about this, I believe that's when we talked about it, it looked pretty close. There were serious questions about whether or not Newsom was going to survive this. People were frustrated by the governor of California. But something happened within Larry the last Elder couple of weeks. <laughs> Larry Elder surges into the campaign, seizes the lead. He's not leading by much, but he's the dominant person in terms of opposing candidates because Newsom and company were successful in making certain no prominent Democrats ran against him. And suddenly the governor's negative polling turned in the other direction and it looks like a very substantial win, well above the 60 odd percent yeah. figure that some people were looking for before. What, what, what was the figure that was out there from exit polling? 66 or something? Up, like that? up, up until uh, last time I looked, which is like uh, two or three hours ago, he was up by 24 percentage points with 70% reporting. Oh. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's just a yes, yes recall versus no recall. Yeah, which is the only thing yeah. that matters. I mean, there's right. the who win, who wins the other thing, um, but it was that. There's a L.A. Times headline that I friends of mine were happy about um, in in L.A. Um, saying something like, um, "Race was seen as a referendum on the far right." Was Wait, what? was seen? Race was seen, says the largest newspaper in California's referendum on the far right. You know, that's one way of putting it. Another is to reflect on how you portrayed it um, when it's an up and down uh, question about the sitting governor who's not from the far right. Mm -hmm. he's, he's from the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. actually. And it's, it's a yes or no question. Ex Ex-wife's a bit goofy, though, isn't On she? him. Ex-wife <laughs> is... Is certainly uh, yeah. like a Batman she's, she's uh, villain. Joking. Yeah. Um, right. No, she's it's a little, it's little less democratic. Is what you're saying? It's amazing <laughs> to it's amazing to see uh, how successful the branding of this shit was, and uh, and I say this as a very lonely voice of someone um, who thinks that the recall worked. It's great to have a mechanism where you can maybe try to fire someone who does a bad job and put it to a, a direct democracy vote up or down. That sounds great. And if everyone decides, you know, it's a lonely position, man, now down. Um, no, it is lonely right now because yeah. every, everyone is like, OK, we absolutely have to make sure this never happens again. We're really mad that two hundred and seventy six million dollars were spent on this, although we don't care about the ninety billion dollars that were spent on the train to nowhere. Let's be real. Uh, between like fucking <laughs> Fresno between and Carmel and Clovis. North Carmel. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, it's amazing. Uh, no, but like, uh, they, from the beginning of this, uh, uh, Newsom and his allies, you know, the name of their website was stop the Republican recall. 
and they mm-hmm. portrayed it like this, portrayed it like this, portrayed it like this. Um, Republicans helped them to the extent that mm-hmm. like the Republicans, but like pretty much everyone at this point does in California politics, you're always trying to do a recall because it's a mechanism uh, available to you. And they tried to do it before there was the pandemic. There wasn't any real reason to recall Gavin Newsom before the pandemic. The pandemic is an excellent reason because he fucked it up from my point of view. But then again, my point of view is the minority view in California. The majority of people in California, I do believe, um, knowing a lot of people there, uh, uh, really think that Gavin Newsom did a great job in the pandemic. They really think that it's a great idea to mandate vaccinations of 12 year olds in order to go into uh, public schools. I think it's a a great idea to test everybody who has been vaccinated in public schools uh, once a week, including teachers at a cost of $350 million in a year. Uh, They think it's a great idea to do as I believe all of California, no Los Angeles outdoor dining today. Um, You can't go into a bar, you know, outdoor dining. They pat, they fucking yellow taped, playgrounds outdoor playgrounds not like just in april 2020 but in december 2020 you know they didn't they didn't didn't yellow tape the french laundry that was not yellow (laughs) tape didn't yellow tape it at all but like the like everyone else in blue states californians um overwhelmingly think that it's really important and i've seen this all day long like, well, thank God, at least here we're we're making sure that kids are wearing masks outdoors at age two. They're super stoked about that. That's a reflection of the population of California right now. Uh, it it sucks from my point of view, but I think it's like, OK, that's you. You want to make a vote about Gavin Newsom about the recall. You're going to have to convince a majority of people. The thing that bugs me from a media standpoint and from a branding and, and like easily fooled standpoint is that. They could just call it the Republican recall all the time. From the beginning, there's like, oh, it's just QAnon and Trump and whatever. Um, seriously, that's all in the you know top line uh, first paragraph messaging of this. And everyone's like, yeah, totally. That, that's right. That's how it is. And by everyone, I mean all of the media in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people that you know who are Californians who are not Camille's weird Silicon Valley uh, friends um, are will pair up the same things. Uh, and it's like, dude, it's a recall on a Democratic governor who fucked up the pandemic response. Camille Silicon Valley friends weren't paying attention to the recall. They were too busy trying to uh, overturn section 230. (laughs) 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 Maybe, maybe some of them, maybe some some of them. them. them We should should talk about that at some, at another date. At some point, Um, another date. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of different themes where, no, it's just a real pen. He's taking, mm, taking notes on how shitty this episode is. Write things yeah. <laughs> when we're talking. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of things that we might take into consideration where this particular recall is concerned or questions about whether or not this has implications for future elections. Um, Democrats, a Democratic governor survives a recall in a Democratic state. And I mean, perhaps the most Democratic state imaginable. One, right? um, yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty serious. Um, yeah. So there are questions about that, um, but there are also questions about Republicans more broadly um, and Larry Elder as a candidate and what that might mean about mean for Republicans in other contexts. It is very clear that Donald Trump is still the most prominent figure in the Republican Party. Um, Larry Elder obviously uh, played up his support for um, Donald Trump and his allegiance to those similar issues. 
Uh, Matt, you correctly highlighted, I think, all of the various vaccine um, and pandemic-related issues, specifically the fact that Larry Elder strongly indicated that he would be interested in scaling back the response of California um, in terms of like the current the current initiatives related to the pandemic uh, and getting rid of any sort of mandates. I think all of those things seem relatively important. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that this has any implications for, for other states going forward? Is this something that we're going to continue mm. to talk about? And I mean, is, the, is there any chance for Republicans to get out from underneath the shadow of Donald Trump? It seems that they're in a real damned if you do, damned if you don't circumstance. If you run they, as I, a Republican and you're yeah. trying to, to, to distance yourself from Donald Trump, you'll probably get smashed by Republican voters in the primary. Yeah, uh, you just have to keep losing. That's how you get rid of Donald Trump. Is the only way. In which I, 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 I that's, everyone I mean, loses in clean house. Well, well, I mean, yeah, America loses. But I mean, when I was, um, you know, doing a couple of shoots after the election, and I would ask people about this, about the future of the party, and everybody said Donald Trump was the future of the party, and occasionally Ron DeSantis. Um, he was by far the, the the you know next biggest choice. Second choice was always Ron DeSantis. And poor, poor Josh Hawley. Uh, poor Josh Hawley. I, I, I always mentioned trying. Josh Hawley. They were like, I don't, I was yeah. never a big fan of, uh, Tom Cotton. of, nope. of Hawley and Oates. I don't, they didn't know who he was. You know? <laughs> they like but, the 80s stuff. Yeah, the 70s is too I much. love that song, Private Eyes, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, in, in they would, <laughs> good hand claps. <laughs> but uh, they would always point, when I would point out, like, look, I mean, how much fealty and loyalty can you have to a guy who, seated the presidency, both houses of Congress. Remember, at the beginning of Donald Trump's uh, administration, he had both houses of Congress and the presidency and managed to get the judges that he wanted, well, the Federal Society picked for him, et cetera. Um, now all that is gone. It was very hard to talk to people about this because everybody, of course, had the ready excuse that he actually did win. Yeah. Literally every person. So you cannot actually have this conversation with people about what happens when these people lose. And of course, Larry Elder... Um, went in a similar place. First, by saying Donald Trump lost, and then backtracking, yep. which was embarrassing. Yep. I mean, saying, Super "Well," and then he and then he writes this tweet, which is vague enough that only the dumbest wouldn't see what he was uh, getting at when he said, "No, I believe there were shenanigans." Yeah, a very uh, a very very precise political word, shenanigans. And then he goes back and, of course, says it. And then, of course, they they come up with a uh, website that the LA Times reports on before the election happens that there has been fraud in the election. Stop the fraud. Stop the fraud. Dot org. Look. Dot edu. It, it is bad. Dot MX. Um, it, it was really all this coming from Mexico. But it, it, this is the playbook now, which is the most ineffective playbook of many, many ineffective Republican playbooks over the past 20 years, it is run a shitty campaign where you are, you know, running to the extremes of, of the electorate, running, running to the right. Those are the most motivated people to come out, Republicans to come out for, for a recall, most motivated people that come out in primaries, et cetera. And you run that campaign, can't take it back in the general. Um, obviously, this doesn't uh, matter in the recall. And then when it goes tits up, you say there was fraud, right? And we need to sort of rewrite some election laws and we need to actually confront the fact that there's fraud, et cetera. If anyone on earth thinks this is a winning strategy, 
I mean, you got to start firing people. I don't know who the hell believes this to be a winning strategy it's for a the winning, Republican Party. It's in a the winning fundraising strategy. It's a fundraising strategy. That's it's it. It's not a winning that electoral it. strategy. It is and absolutely embarrassing. The yeah. point of elections is to win them, I think. It is. But, and how, long, is a, but how long can Democrats run against Donald Trump if, if he doesn't materialize forever. in the next <laughs> upcoming election? Like, seriously, like for four You just five, saw it, dude. You just saw it. You live in California. Now. This, yeah. this was an election against Donald Trump in California. I Decidedly. So many people are absolutely like fist pumping, like, yeah, we fucking beat Trump. Yeah, two to one Democrats in the state. By voting not to recall a shitty, slick-haired, yeah. former Kimberly Guilfoy husband governor. <laughs> yeah, who, I, like, that's a great description. Who absolutely did not <laughs> so, solve the homelessness problem in San Francisco yeah, yeah. in 2006. I voted. I voted. Uh, you know, you can you can contact the Larry Elder fraud website. And then I walked into a Walgreens and walked out with seventy five thousand dollars worth of stuff. And I said, you know, Gavin won. It's everything's fucking free now. Um, the man who actually came came into uh, the governorship saying he was going to solve the homeless uh, crisis in California. And now it seems like there's, you know entire beaches in los angeles that have been taken over by bum fights i mean you realize <laughs> like go back and it's already been memory hole because everyone's so busy like throwing out their rotator cuffs high-fiving themselves that they beat donald trump again but like gavin newsom spent like one day a week over the last two or three awkward months from him like you know, putting on worker overalls and going under freeway uh, overpasses for like 27 minutes to <laughs> yeah. like clean up stabbing like, pieces of paper with a little <laughs> clean, clean, yeah. clean up homeless. We're going to clean, yeah. clean up homelessness once and for yeah. all. Like, dude, that's yeah. not actually going to get Obligatory, it done. Obligatory gubernatorial photo op. Yeah, there's this there's this thing. And I've observed this in California Republican politics for a long time of uh, what happens what happens to somebody who is sort of locked in a minority situation, right? You're going to lose you the expectation of losing and keep in mind. And I don't mean to play the old person who's from California card. However, California was a Republican state. It brought forth mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon and Herbert Hoover. Um, like it is, it, there's a reason, um, you Pete know, Wilson, Pete Wilson, uh, the LA times was, you know, the, the logo on the top of the building was true industrial freedom until they left, uh, you know, just a, a few years ago. It is a, was a right wing state mm -hmm. for a really long time. So it's not inevitable. In fact, it's pretty recent that it's a Democratic state. Um, what happens to Republicans once they become kind of hopeless, except in local districts, mostly in the Central Valley and, and sometimes in San Diego? Well, you can. Um, like anyone who loses power or loses the perception that they have power, like like this actually it comes to mind some of the conversation that we're having, Michael, you and I on the Patreon talking about 9-11, uh, places that felt like uh, countries that felt like they didn't have power to shape events. That's where you're going to have conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. right? And people will be rewarded for refracting that and adding to that. And I think in California, you see that, like the people uh, who rise within the existing superstructure of Republican politics in the state of California are clowns. Um, there are a few people who are not. Tom McClintock is one guy who's not. Pete Campbell wasn't much of a clown. Most everybody else was. Arnold Schwarz Schwarzenegger was outside of that system. <laughs> Dana Rohrbacher. Uh, Rohrbacher, <laughs> who I have some affection for, was absolutely insane and always yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, and and especially like where are, and this is true of the the, the national Trump party on some level, 
right now is where do you go for fresh talent? You go to the media, right? Mm -hmm. Larry Elder is the candidate here. And I know Larry Elder a little bit, and uh, I actually agree with him on quite a few things. A lot of what he was campaigning on was specifically not crazy ass shit. He was just saying that Gavin Newsom bungled the response and also has done bad with the homelessness. All true. But you've also been on talk mm -hmm. radio for 20 years and you leave a paper trail. Huge paper um, trail. My God. Is, yeah. And which is why nobody on this podcast. He was, he was creating some fresh, some fresh material. For yeah. Yeah. People yeah. That's fresh well, material. And, and talking and about that, the slavery reparations for, uh, for slaveholders was not a great look. Um, although that was also not a great argument, <laughs> but it's still not a great look. Just, and, yeah. <laughs> but like, like the right wing radio and Gustavo had a piece about this. Gustavo Ariano from the LA times had a piece about this. Um, like if you rise within the superstructure of conservative talk radio in the state of California, um, you're going to be a troll. Yes. By, that's by definition. Right. Yes. Like, and yes. so you're going to I mean, be out there. Conservative talk radio and prominent and is not a troll in any state. I'm, I don't say that's unique to California, but uh, like oh, that's it's okay. it's true in California, in and yeah. it's relevant because yeah, there's there's been one that I can think of, one conservative radio host who was not a troll, and um, uh, he died I think uh, 20 years ago, David Brudnoy in Boston, um, who wrote a very good mm. book uh, called Life Is Not a Rehearsal, who died of AIDS, and um, wrote a cover story for National Review in the 80s about uh, making the case for gay marriage uh, when everybody else disagreed with him. A fantastic, smart guy. But yeah, I mean, the, the talk radio, I mean, it, it's, we've ceded, we've, the country, I mean, I'm not a Republican, the country ceded the party to the talk radio types. I mean, I mean I'm thinking of California crazy Republicans like uh, Bob Dornan. I mean, it's a party of Bob Dornans Bob. now. Yeah, was it B-52 mm -hmm. Bob or whatever? whatever I mean, min minus the Cold War, right? So like now it's just, like yeah, purely robot. But it, it, it's really interesting though because it is you cannot get through to the to the diehard uh, Trump supporters and the ones that I talk to and I tried to reason with them. I'm not trying to make a an argument to them, just putting ideas to them to see how they'd respond because you know that was the piece that I was doing. But it, it, you know, it's not like a baseball manager. I mean, if you are a baseball manager and you collapses the way Trump did. Um, and it's not just the presidency, it's Congress, it's a whole bunch of things. Um, you get fired. And don't give me bullshit about local races. I mean, it's it, like on the national level, you have a $3.5 trillion spending bill, which will probably get down to two something trillion. And what are Republicans banking on? Joe Manchin. They're banking on a Democrat. Yeah. This is this is the the world that you live in. And the reason that that taxes are going to be as insane as they're going to be in New York and California, we've seen a lot of press about this. And when the spending has been as crazy as it is, and if you don't like man the vaccine mandates that uh, that Biden is is uh, talking uh, endlessly about now, who do you blame for that? I have someone to blame. I have a very 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 exact pinpoint human being to blame. But for some reason, no one seems to blame him. And they all want to, you know, line up Foursquare behind his ghost and try to do an impression of him. And it's like, a, you know, th there's a bit in Raw, in Eddie Murphy's Raw, when he says the only, when I was a kid, I just knew how to do Richard Pryor impressions. It's the only thing I knew how to do. I just go on stage and talk about what I knew how to do, which was like taking a shit. And he has this whole bit of, where he does it in a Richard Pryor voice. It's like, that's literally the Republican Party now. They don't know anything else. They go out and do their Richard Pryor impression. They're going out and pretending to be Donald Trump and Camille, um, we talked about this a little bit about Ron DeSantis, and I, you know, saw him at the school board meeting when I was there in in, in Florida. And again, it's like Ron DeSantis 
is right to loathe like the CRT nonsense that that uh, is uh, infecting the groundwater of a lot of schools. But is it infecting the groundwater of a lot of schools in Florida? It doesn't really matter because it's a Trumpy ploy. Because it's it is a the Republican Party has become a culture war party when you have taxes going through through the roof. This this kind of transitory inflation, which seems a lot more permanent now. Yeah. It's insane. The the prices of, of meat and gasoline and all this stuff. It's like 20, 30, money, 40%. It's we're crazy. getting money in our bank account every month. Yes. You this? Because we have kids. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I don't get that. Do I? Mm. I don't think I do. That's Joanna. I don't, she doesn't know. What does she know? <laughs> she literally has no idea. She's buying things on Etsy right now. <laughs> she's literally spending my like money. She's getting, on a she's getting the money and she's not sharing with you. That's yeah, thing. she's not, exactly. I'm like, what are you talking about? We getting money for that? Who's, really? Getting some welfare here? Direct the bus. I'm getting welfare. Wow. It's crazy. Like, Why are you going to, you make money. I got kids. You got cash too. No. So rich. So rich. Never. By the way, I was going to say that um, I saw Kimberly Guilfoyle on a flight um, from, uh, I think, Iowa. I can't remember if it was 2016. It might have been 2018. Um, and she was in coach. And I was like, wow. and she looked at me and smiled. Cause I think I did some TV show with her a long time ago when I did something on Fox. I don't remember if I did, but there was some kind of, you know, acknowledgement because there's a lot of reporters and things on the plane but she was in coach and i was like motherfucker isn't your boyfriend a trump it's like <laughs> i'm sorry this is the first evidence Yo, that i've actually seen cabins, that cabins not get a, sold not out cabins get sold out it no, happens there's, there's, there's nobody happens. up in first class there's there nobody in the cabin fucking, no up in the first class there was somebody with like a support pig there was nobody there was nobody it's just huh. kimberly guilfoyle back there with fucking i can't Geraldo or something She's probably I making think... sacrifices for the people. That's what that is. She just Kimberly wanted to she, foil. She wanted to and sit the with support a friend. Pigs is, yeah. is a really good, yeah, solid rock Do, huh. band. Doo-wop band. Huh. Sorry for huh. wasting everybody's time. Uh, long story short, recall bad. I, I think uh, to answer your question, Camille, it's not going to have uh, a huge impact on the country. I think it's just going to solidify the political sorting that we're already doing. Right. Like who's mm -hmm. going to be the states, the places where you're going to see the most mask mandates, the most vaccine mandates in schools, the passports and all that kind of stuff. Um, there was a, a photo and it's a photo that I found disquieting as a way to put it or disappointing. It's too strong. But where Penn Jillette had his arm around Gavin Newsom saying like, you know, mm -hmm. we made it buddy or something like that. said so we both won. We both know, did, did he, he running? Looks through? like we both, I think it was, looks like we both survived. We Congrats, both survived. buddy or something along those lines. I don't, I don't know what Penn's been going through. Um, yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't doubt that it's, that it's been severe, but like, um, you know, <laughs> we've survived. Californians have survived, not there anymore. They've survived really bad policymaking. Um, and it's been, awful. Um, and to the formulation of thinking that somehow Gavin Newsom, and this was consistent, Barack Obama did this, Kamala Harris did this, Joe Biden did it, came into the LBC, went to Long Beach shitty college where I went to school uh, for a semester and gave a speech the other night. Um, all like, well, you know, thank God we're, <laughs> we're, we're here uh, in support of science because Gavin Newsom just scienced the shit out of yeah. like, no, he did not. He really didn't. And the people will be taking this lesson. It's the wrong lesson that uh, Newsom was successful. The one thing that Democratic states have been successful at doing, and it's a legitimate success, 
and Republicans and Republican led states need to reflect on this more than they have for sure. They've been defensive about it is that in these states, vaccinations are up, um, usually doesn't have a lot to do with necessarily uh, mandates or anything like that. It's just the culture or whatever of the states themselves. And turns out getting vaccinated is the best thing you can do for a disease, weirdly. But everyone wants to focus on the other things that are more discretionary, the masks, the stuff that you can sort of virtue signal that like we did something with a capital D and an S. So the people who think that those, you know, non medical interventions are the most important things, they will have wind in their sails because of this. But I think it's just going to convince people of both sides of that particular equation that their sides are not just right, but that they need to go and be with people who are on their side. I mean, this is, of course, bigger than Gavin Newsom. And, you know, I love the state of California and, um, you know, never lived there, um, spent a lot of time there. And it's times that I've wanted to kind of live there because it's yeah. a beautiful, fantastic state. Um, I don't relish the fact that it seems to be totally collapsing. And I don't want California to fully collapse into, you know, this morass of high taxation, out of control homelessness, um, bizarro COVID policies that don't appear to have any end goal in sight that just seems like this is going to happen in perpetuity. Um, but, you know, look, when you see this stuff happening in places like New York, um, where it, the, our tax burden is the heaviest in the country and it looks like it's about to get worse, and, you know, I mean, like most middle class people do not pay taxes. I mean, it's just the, the rich people pay taxes, AOC. I'm sorry to tell you that. The people that she was around the other night pay taxes. And I just cannot imagine that the exodus is not going to be visible to the naked eye because it's going to be a trickle. And at over time, you cannot live in a place like San Francisco, for instance, which has some of the highest real estate prices in the world, primarily because of absurd regulation, zoning, et cetera, and one of the worst qualities of life these days. And I don't think that that's much of an overstatement. Um, you know, I have a friend, uh, Camille's friends with him too, one of my dearest uh, friends um, who has three kids now, and he left a absolutely beautiful apartment in an absolutely beautiful neighborhood of San Francisco because um, among other things, I remember him telling me a story of like yelling at a guy who was like shooting up in like by where his daughter was about to play in the playground, mm. just like lying there. And he's just like, fuck this, I'm going to Marin. And there's only so much of that you can take. And the other side of that, of course, is companies that leave because of the punishing uh, rate of taxation and the, and the punishing business climate, which is not entirely punishing, but it's going to get worse. And particularly in the, on, on the federal level, when, you know, we're negotiating how much higher we can get the uh, corporate tax rate. And it was the one thing that Donald Trump did that I was, I was, you know, raw rawing from the beginning, because keep in mind that we had the highest corporate tax rate in the world, America. And I think Eritrea was the other one, um, an absurdly high corporate tax rate. You know, I mean, I think Sweden was like 10 points lower than us or something like that. And now we're inching back up because we have a government who wants to spend and who wants to tax and not in equal proportions. And so on the federal level, I'm terrified of it. On a California level, I can't imagine what's, what's going to happen to a state that is already so grievously wounded in so many ways. And I, I hope, I don't wish for its failure, but I, I do hope a lot of people, you know, move to Austin 
because, you know, vote with your feet in that sense, because, you know, you're not going to get people to come out and recall Gavin Newsom. And if you do, um, I don't believe that Larry Elder is going to solve the homelessness problem either. It's, it's, it's in 14 months in 14 months. No, I just, I, 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 I weep for the state of California. Um, New York is not nearly as bad, but it is becoming an unforgiving economic climate uh, for a lot of people that, you know, pay a lot of money into the coffers of New York City. So your uh, your vape salesmen are having a bad time. Yeah. To the extent there's a price paid by California politicians, it, it probably won't be in the context of a recall election that benefits Republicans. So the the masterstroke here by Newsom and company was closing ranks and ensuring that nobody ran against him. Um, and I suspect that's because everyone knew that this could be a potential problem. I, I remember back in August, um, uh, Kamala Harris at some point decided not to make a trip. I'm not familiar with this person. Who is that? California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's supposed to be the vice president of the United States. You don't see she's much or Vichy, hear at least Vichy much of her. President? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, occasionally she's, she's used as a background during uh, one of Joe Biden's speeches where he's like running away from the microphone after he's being, as he's being peppered <laughs> with questions he won't answer. I've seen her fucking stepdaughter more than I've seen her. <laughs> Who was at the Met Gala? Oh, was, was she? I'm not yeah, shocked she to see that, that at all or hear yeah, that at yeah. all. Um, it is interesting with COVID outcomes in particular, we've seen studies take a look at, you know, deaths per capita across the various states of the union and take a look at, you know, whether or not the restrictive policies have been particularly useful. Democrats generally support you know, the mask mandates of the, the vaccine mandates um, across like Florida, Texas, California, vaccination rates are similar, especially for the most vulnerable populations. And people are responding in similar ways. Mm -hmm. And the outcomes with respect to deaths per capita and infection rates seem to trend in the same direction, even though the waves um, are happening at different times. And the differences are, I would say that they're, they're pretty negligible uh, when it comes down to it unless we're talking about very early in the pandemic with respect to when you kind of lock things down. But again, it's just hard to say because of the way the cases, by the way, are plummeting in Florida right now. By the Finally, way. But right. they, they, Finally, yeah. they were, they were out, for out two of, months. Yeah. They crazy. were out of control, but um, yeah. The, also the, the, an interesting I, story about hospitalizations. There was a, a study that I saw covered in the Atlantic and I know Matt, someone wrote about this at reason as well, Jacob, um, but suggesting, yeah, suggesting that, the hospitalization rates that are frequently mentioned instead of, say, case counts, because we already know that case counts can tend to inflate kind of our, our level of concern for various reasons, that the hospitalization rates weren't necessarily a much better proxy um, for just how severe things were, because there are there's a sense in which oftentimes a, a hospitalization rate might also include someone who's tested at the hospital, whether or not they get admitted to the hospital. Yeah. Granted, some of this data was a bit earlier than Delta, um, and it was limited to a VA hospital, but there are some interesting correlations uh, with, with other data that was collected specifically related to infections among children um, in different hospital settings. So it's another interesting wrinkle because hospitalization rates were a particular source of concern over the course of the last month and a half or so. That data may not be as reliable as we thought. And as I've mentioned, yeah. usually when we're talking about pediatric ICUs, you're not seeing a breakout of you were hospitalized because of COVID and you were hospitalized because of, let's say, RSV, respiratory disease, uh, which is for the most part been stronger than or like more impactful than COVID the last few months. Um, 
and then you tested positive for COVID there because everyone who comes in gets a COVID test, right? Um, mm -hmm. Those details, they feel like nitpicking, but they're not. I mean, are you there right. for this? Or Is that the same not? study? Because I saw that some reference to a study. I don't know how much weight to, to afford it, but but that basically said that the hospitalization rates, uh, when you look at the actual data, and there was, I, I can't remember who did this study, that they were wildly uh, overblown because well, of that. I don't so know if this is true, but I'm just saying that I The hospitalization I saw stuff is that, like, um, for, you know, lack of more specific terms, uh, several months ago, 64% of people who were hospitalized were fucked. Now it's 52% are fucked or something like that, right? So, like, you, the, the level of seriousness of people who are hospitalized for the thing has changed so it's not uh as much a proxy for the seriousness of the impact of the disease and this is seen as being actually kind of a referendum on vaccination because some of the people who were being hospitalized they were vaccinated so like oh shit i got a, you know a test yeah. positive. it's a breakthrough case you come in and like yeah you're actually you're you're gonna be all right yeah um so or that, asymptomatic yeah or asymptomatic so that that changes and also there's a whole um, new passel of testing, as I mentioned before, um, you know, half a million tests every week in the La Los Angeles uh, Unified School District. That's a bunch of people. So of people, like, yeah. you know, and, and it's a bunch of people. And I, I want to emphasize this before the school year started, it was 0.8% positivity rate. Now it's 0 0.4. My daughter's school was shut down today. Uh, for the rest of the week because sorry my uh, house. Uh, yeah uh, so because the teacher <laughs> was uh was tested positive um yesterday i think and yesterday was the first day of school so uh it wasn't transmitted uh, in the school but the uh, abundance of caution they've shut it down and it's just dispiriting that the first week of school and it has already been shut down but you know I i've been trying to figure out a number of things, because there's so many mm. conflicting reports about this, and it's, you know, about people who have been vaccinated, spreading the disease. Um, we know that for, for a fact, it seems to be just kind of a, a, a uniform opinion that if you're vaccinated, um, you have a much better chance of uh, fighting this disease off. That just seems logical and obvious at this point. So the thing that bums me out about this, and I didn't even, I didn't even angry about it. I'm just sort of bummed out about it. When I am passively trying to like sift through these kind of mountains of data, reams of numbers and figures, which I can only passively do because I don't have the time for it at the moment. And I know that I'm far more engaged than a lot of people and a lot of my friends. Um, that the public health messaging on this is is like legitimately confusing. We just have to acknowledge this. And, and the reason I think that it is confusing and one of the things that pisses me off is the people who could clarify this stuff. The people who are, you know, either CDC people in the, the Biden administration, et cetera. We kind of have to acknowledge now that after the people on the kind of Trumpy right, not the right, but not conservatives, but people on the kind of Trumpy right, uh, politicized... COVID to a point that it became just laughable to me when I was out interacting with people. I'd walk in somewhere with a mask and they would be like, who's the homosexual? And I was like, I mean, and, and I was like the mask. And they were like, no, just your demeanor. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but it, it, I saw that politicization of it happen in real time. It was kind of crazy. But, you know, we talk about that ad infinitum, right? It's the politicization of this and particularly from, from one part of the political spectrum. 
very few people are talking about now the fact that the other side is politicizing it more at the moment. Oh, my God. It has gotten so much worse, but there is mm -hmm. a belief that if you have, quote unquote, science on your side, which is not a thing in which you kind of peel back the um, sticker and it reveals the actual answer. That's not people kind of tend to think of science in this way, the most abused word in the English language at the moment. Um, Hmm. Next to body and violence. <laughs> These are other words <laughs> that have lost their original meanings. But hmm. this kind of madness where I would love to have somebody talking to me about um, the efficacy of the vaccines. Is this Israeli study contradicted by the CDC study about natural immunity versus this is the complicated stuff. Somebody should be able to, mm -hmm. to, to instead I turn the television on, I open the newspaper, open fucking Twitter, and everyone's talking about Joe Rogan and ivermectin because it is a culture war story. And there are people that are fighting the culture war story on the ivermectin side, um, mm -hmm. which I think is the most ludicrous thing in the world to even be having that debate. Let people, you know, go and test this stuff and let's wait and see the results. Um, but this is the conversation we're having uh, today. Another one, the sixth or fifth conservative talk radio host right. has died. And it's like, okay, this is gloating at this point, and I get it because I'm not on their side. I'm on your side, broadly. But we have totally abandoned having an actual conversation about what this virus is, how it affects us, how it affects kids, how it is transmitted. I always point out that nobody ever decided to you know, blow an air horn and say you don't have to wash your fucking groceries or your hands with with um, sanitizer all the time. It just kind of happened, right? But that's not good. We need to actually have conversations about this and impute to people the best knowledge that we have. There is going to be disagreement on this stuff, but we seem to not be doing this at all. Anthony Fauci is going on TV and fighting a battle, a political battle versus, you know, this is what these Republicans are saying. You shouldn't do that. Okay, but I need to know a little bit more about this at this point. And I talk to so many people who are walking, that walk alone with masks on. Um, and then there's the other side of this who believes that they don't need anything, right? And I suppose these are some of these conservative talk radio hosts that have, you know, slid off this mortal coil because they believe that they were putting would be putting poison in their body when quite the opposite is true. So I, I, the, the whole conversation to me has collapsed. And because there are no responsible adults actually, you know, willing to say we're in a bad spot when it comes to sort of messaging public health right now, because we're too busy fighting stupid, idiotic, ideological battles about the good people and the bad people and the bad people aren't taking the vaccine and they're clogging up hospitals and blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care what's happening in Mississippi. I'm sorry. I don't live there. I want to know what's happening in my daughter's school district, in my town, what I should be doing. Do I need a fucking booster shot, et cetera? I know that the efficacy kind of collapses after three, four or five months. Or is that not true? Who knows? Because I'm not keeping up with it. One uh, big problem in that is that the CDC long ago forfeited its role as a kind of trusted or trustworthy arbiter of this stuff because they saw their role as shaping public behavior and punishing landlords <laughs> and punishing <laughs> landlords which is crazy it's still crazy um rather than um we are going to communicate what we know to the best of our knowledge including what we don't know and throw it out there and we trust you to make a good decision that's not been the mm -hmm. case it just has never been the case public health i mean 
I, I brought up vaping before just to try to, to make Moynihan's blood pressure pop through the little like diabetes device in his, uh, <laughs> his tricep yeah. over there. But, uh, um, My lat. <laughs> but like, uh, full of vape juice. I mean, the FDA right now is, is like, yeah. uh, has decided not to approve any, uh, vaping products. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the the basic standpoint of the CDC and the public health apparatus is that um, you know, Michael and I have already like triply violated whatever drinking um, health <laughs> uh, st uh, standpoints that we should have. And that's bad. I mean, you should in the middle of a public health crisis um, be able to have that kind of trustworthy thing. And if you don't, then not only do you... Um, make people feel more paranoid, but you make the system more open for manipulation. We've seen it. Uh, I think it was Fox news last week came up with yet again, another evidence that the CDC was influenced by teachers unions in, in the uh, formulation of, of uh, policies about what they thought uh, recommendations, what they thought uh, like two-year-olds could mask in America is the only place in the world where anyone is talking about masking a two-year-old. Is not happening in any other country. Well, it's important to point out too, because I mean, the vape thing is an interesting example because you do understand in a pandemic or in some sort of, um, you know, moral outrage, social contagion, everyone going crazy about vapes is before, before the the, the moral panic that happened before the um, the pandemic is that you do realize that science is not something that is guiding them on these issues, right? It's, it's, it's not at all. It's, it's politics. It's, it's teachers unions at whatever it might be. It is, you know, health advocates, these people with these wonderfully flabby uh, titles uh, who know nothing about this stuff, because what you realize that when the FDA says we're going to ban this stuff is that they're using anti-vax logic, the exact logic of the anti-vax people. Think of it. Mm -hmm. Is there a number, are there a number of studies that show that vaping is uh, worse for you than smoking cigarettes, zero. that it's killing you, that it's doing, no, there's zero. zero, zero what zero. are they worried about? Well, we don't know what the long-term consequences are. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. Where have I heard that before? We don't have any studies, but we're worried about the long-term consequences. You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about the number of people that um, are going to not have access to, you know, the wonderful bubblegum vape that got them off of the Lucky Strikes, who are now going back to the Lucky Strikes. And there is a lot of evidence that that's happening because those combustible cigarettes actually kill people, FDA. They, they do. And I know that you're going to, you know, launder it all through the fucking children. It's always that. Remember the tobacco-free kids. We didn't want adults tobacco-free. They're, they're a choice. We want tobacco-free kids. And this is what's happening, of course, in the vape thing. But I find it amazing that we're in this moment where everyone is talking about science, 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 believe the science. Well, what is the science on that? And why does it mirror the anti-vax argument? And why are you not concerned about that? But... You know, it was uh, Donald Trump's FDA that uh, kicked us in the balls on that one. So it is a bipartisan thing. Everybody sucks on these issues. Well, there is a, a, a story over at Stat today, last thing on COVID perhaps, um, FDA scientists strike skeptical tone on need for COVID-19 vaccine boosters at time, likely to f likely fueling debate. Um, there's there's a line in here uh, Couldn't saying, have that. That, <laughs> saying that a few, <laughs> a few that, that that some people expect that this might be viewed as a repudiation or rebuttal of the Biden administration's policy um, statements around the need for boosters, which, again, just further illustrates that all of this is explicitly political. If the data changes that that's fine, you know, you, maybe you, we didn't know 
and we should update and revise our policy positions. But of course, all of this stuff has political implications now. What I do think is most interesting about this, though, is that the two FDA officials who actually made this recommendation had previously announced that they were retiring from the agency, which may have something to do with the fact that this was something that was likely to be freighted and may have had implications for them uh, at, at the FDA. So it's maybe just a coincidence, but it seems well, fine, like a little and, bit more uh, than that. I'll say one final thing on this too, is that, is that if they're worried about, um, you know, this bucking the Biden administration's policy or, 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 you know, casting doubt on vaccines or something, there are people doing that. And they're not just Republicans and Trump supporters. They're the president of the United States. President of the United States gave a speech last week, which was the most fucking insane thing I've ever heard, in which he said, us vaccinated people have to be protected from the unvaccinated. Think about that for a second. The vaccinated Mm -hmm. need to be protected from the unvaccinated. So apparently the vaccines don't work. We don't. I mean, what is he saying when he says that? I mean, which is the most confused and anti quote unquote science thing that I've heard all week. Do any of you feel like you need to be protected from the unvaccinated? Like it's uh, no, I don't. No, not, I don't. Not, a, not a real concern for me. No. Yeah, no, not even a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean the I only be okay. I I I still have successfully <laughs> avoided ever showing a vaccine passport unless I was showing a passport passport. Um, we'll see how long that lasts, but um, like there's, I never wear a mask because I think that I'm going to get infected. I wear a mask because I'm very temporarily in a place that either asks me to or has been commanded to ask me to. That's it. It doesn't. And I I will bring out a cloth mask because I don't fucking and I know it doesn't work. I got one daily Mm -hmm. nexus right here. Um, (laughs) I know that it's that thing just came out of your pocket like a rag and like Cooter's back pocket and Dukes of Hazzard. Not even that clean. That was disgusting. Not even that clean. I'm going to put it on my face. Maybe a little bit later, but like, 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 no, I I have no sense at all that anyone can possibly hurt me. And maybe I'm crazy for that, but I've been vaccinated. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I'm listening to them. And I want to continue uh, listening to them, but I can't because uh, I hear these crazy speeches that I have to be protected against the unvaccinated because I have been vaccinated and I might die if they sort of cross my path. That's what I mean by confused messaging. Yeah. It's just maddening. But Nicki Minaj is, we're making fun of her for fucking, you know, eight elect, you know, uh, news cycles because her cousin has enormous balls. That's what the story is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not making fun of anybody for the record. People's asses, so it's you love good. Nicki Minaj? You're on her side. No, I'm just not making, I'm just not making fun of her. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and Nikki, Nikki's well, Nikki would be welcome on this program as would, as would yeah, her, yeah. her big ball cousin. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, in other news, uh, it, it sounds like Bob Huge Woodward has, <laughs> yeah. as yeah. with Bob Woodward, Bob did not take geez, the Nicki Minaj bait. Like you gave, it to, you gave, you gave it, to it to him, like balls. It sounds and like, like Bob Trinidad. Yeah, like he could have gone. Yeah, he could have gone some island shit on him. Like you know, it Nicki Minaj sounds like Bob Woodward has a new book. <laughs> Fucking Tobago. Who lives in Tobago? Uh, the, it's not another. <laughs> not even real. The title. I mean, the title. Either of be his Trinidad or Tobago. Not and. Not and the title of his new book. Let's just keep the filibustering. Let's get rid of the filibuster. (laughs) The title of his new book is Peril. Cinema got nothing on us. I I wonder if either of you have seen the coverage related to this new book that is is being (laughs) dropped by Bob Woodward. 
Um, yeah. Some of the coverage yesterday seemed to uh, it, no, it didn't just get Democrats um, or progressives, people who are inclined to dislike Donald Trump excited. It got a lot of Republicans excited as well, um, particularly this claim that General Mark Milley had some back channel yeah, communications yeah, yeah. with the Chinese yeah. um, informing them that he would let them right. know if in yeah. fact there was any sort of attack coming from the United States. Yes. But, but of course, the reason he was doing this was because he was very concerned that President Trump was losing his shit. <laughs> that in general, he was but behaving that's the first in a thing very, you do, is you very to the curious Chinese and strange Party. way. <laughs> um, uh, and, Talk to John you know, Senna. The, the coverage, the coverage <laughs> indicates a lot of like weird stuff that we've probably seen some indication of in different contexts. The president's behavior on January 6th, there are accounts of Ivanka talking to him, asking him to let this thing go, uh, particularly his concerns that the election had been stolen from him and people pleading with him to get involved and to tweet something uh, to try to tamp oh, yeah. down some of the outrage that was taking place that day. Uh, and is, that there were to be clear, potentially while the Capitol yeah. was under siege by insane people. Yes. Yeah. 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 And relatedly, there were apparently some orders that were being circulated, I guess, preliminarily suggesting that the president wanted to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan, Iraq uh, and Syria, from Germany and from Africa on his way out the door. He's just going to just take take care of those things. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw sure any of this reason. stuff, um, what, yeah. what your thoughts are on it. I mean, we've, we've seen a number of these books uh, with these one word titles from Bob Woodward. I, I don't know what we call this series uh, of texts. Well, this one's got Bob something in, involved too. Yeah. So he's going to yeah, be a co-author. Yeah. 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 So what what do you guys what do you guys make of this? Are you excited about this latest book? Do do the revelations here surprise or shock you? Is this credible reporting? And is it treasonous to notify the Chinese and tell them you'll let them know uh, if we're planning to attack <laughs> them in the near future? The red Chinese. The red Chinese. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think one thing that you have to do with Bob Woodward books is go through a system like a check down system mm -hmm. of Bob Woodward book literacy, which is that um, the Washington Post has right of first refusal on his book revelations. Um, if he's got something real juicy and real timely, he's supposed mm -hmm. to go to them no, first. No way he's doing that. Of course, he's not really doing that. And that's come up uh, in the past. But also, like, if this was really reported within an, an inch of its life, which very few Bob Woodward books or like revelations are. It's usually one source, frequently unnamed, you know, person who spoke uh, on condition of background or anonymity. Um, and so uh, it's hard to corroborate. And so if they didn't see this as important in when he got this in presumably in mid January or whenever, um, I'm already discounting a lot of this and I just discount um, uh, a lot of Bob Woodward to begin with. And it's not only because yeah. of our friend Ben Dreyfus, um, <laughs> yeah. although it's part of that, like that's yeah. that there's, this was a thing. I, I revere some Bob Woodward books, you know, the, all the president's men's great, uh, great book, the brethren I love, especially, you know, when he's writing about stuff that I don't know anything about, like, wow. 
the veil, the secret lives. Well, Vale was the was the one where he was kind of revealed to be a fraud. Uh, Vale was the one about Bill about Bill yeah Bill Casey and the family was like he there was nobody in the room and he was not in the room and that's totally fake, and so that was uh, the first well after the Belushi book I guess was eight nineteen eighty one or something, Wired that was the big controversy. I would say I disagree with you on this one. Primarily because I think that's why Bob Costa comes in, the other Bob. Uh-huh. Um, and that's because uh, after the previous books, I think it was fairly clear when he's releasing the audio tapes of his conversations with Trump that the Trump people are not going to like this. And Robert Costa has very good sources within Trump world and is a very good reporter and uh, comes in to provide a lot of that reporting. I'd suspect that the Millie stuff and a lot of this stuff did come from Bob Costa's reporting. Uh-huh. And um, th- the one thing that's, that's surprising to me is that General Milley has not denied it in any way. There's been no public statement. And they, they've said that they have multiple uh, people on the record. I think Politico re-reported it and said that was true, too. If it is, in fact, true, um, he should either resign or um, be thrown out almost immediately. It is unbelievable that somebody would do something like that. And you cannot say we are going to, you know, sort of abrogate our responsibilities as a general in the military in the chain of command, which goes up to the president, uh, because the president's a psycho, right? If the president is a psycho and suggesting something psychotic, then mm-hmm. you resign. And then you say something publicly in your resignation that this is what the president was planning to do. All of us are resigning. You know, um, that's what Mattis did. And, you know, look, Obama fired, uh, was it McChrystal that he fired? Uh, for uh, speaking to a reporter, I think. I think that was the the, the thing. I get it was? The, I, yeah, I, I get them. I think that was, I think it was McChrystal that got fired by Obama for for, you know, talking to a reporter. And this is somebody who's saying, I'm going to the Chinese. Red. The red Chinese, not to be confused <laughs> with the non-red Chinese, uh, where we are right now in China. Uh, this is the non-red Chinese. But it goes to the to red China and says to some, you know, was a, I think it was a general in the PLA who he was friends with uh, and said, you know, this, if we picked up intelligence, by the way, which was a weird thing to me is that, are you giving away the fact that we know we're intelligence not gonna from fucking bomb? We're China. not going to, well, the Chinese were apparently, uh, according to intelligence that they picked up somewhere, which is, and uh, no one has mentioned this. I don't know where this comes from because it's obviously not, not, uh, you know, public source. So if you're going to the Chinese and saying, we've picked up intelligence, they're like, wait, how? <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> you know, General Milley's telling us, he's listening to our conversations, which I presume that they know we're doing, but uh, says to them, we are not planning on doing this. And if we do do something, I will tell you. If we're planning on doing something, I will tell you. No, that's not how it works. You don't tell them. And how dare you fucking say that you're going to? And that's what I have read. That that he said something of that kind of you know I will I'll be the first one to 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 warn you if this psycho is like look I don't think Donald Trump is a stable human being I don't like the fact that he is the commander was the commander in chief of the military um, that said Donald Trump's military record is a lot less aggressive than the previous presidents um, I didn't agree with the Syria of seventy five tomahawks um, but. You know, as Camille just mentioned, there was like, we're going to pull out of everything. 
This is not somebody that was desperately unhinged to to bomb the Chinese. I know he has a special and hatred of, of China. Who was but it didn't happen? Portrayed. It's hard, it's by, hard to square those two things. Yeah, it is hard to square. A those lot things, of the yeah. Never Trump people were like, "Oh my God, he's going to like send nuclear bombs to place." How dare you talk about him as you know uh, skeptical of interventions? And you know, okay, don't talk about him as anti-war, which he wasn't. But, no, he wasn't. But. Mm -hmm. nor was he very expansionist. He took the fight to the caliphate at the time and that's about it. Um, and, and, uh, which yeah, by the way was the right thing to do, which, uh, I, again, is this, the weird hole in, uh, in discussion of foreign policy. No one talks about it. Like it's the yeah. thing that happened under his watch. No one ever talks about it. Cause it's not, and it was actually quite a success. I have to say, and I'm, I, and as, as you know, I'm not one to, to, to hand out uh, compliments to, to that man, but like you don't, but, um, yeah, you don't talk to the enemy. I think in general, people who understand America understand that we don't bomb big rivals first. I don't think there's any track record of that. I suspect the Chinese also knew that. And yeah. I also suspect that um, I, I would stop way short of people who say, oh, it's treasonous and this, that, and the other. Or that um, there was nothing actionable. That was the other on the other side. Well, he wasn't actually doing something that he intervened and told them about. So therefore, it is not so much of a concern. I think that, you know, if you're Alger Hiss and you're telling the Soviets what we're up to, in any way, that's a bad thing. If you're consistent at it, you're a spy. If you do it once, you're General Milley. And you shouldn't do it. I just think that's fairly obvious. And I suspect that rather than talking to stupid people like me and stupid people like us, and the media has not done this, is go and talk to a number of retired generals, one-star, two-star, four-star, whatever, and ask them if they think that this is, this is okay. Because I don't believe that they would because yeah. the chain of command is everything right and we should have a fail safe at this point internally like you talk amongst your colleagues right if there is an absolute super insane president and i don't really think there ever will fully be but give it give it another week or two um but like you talk to your colleagues you talk mm -hmm. to people at work you know, I'm, 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 i don't want to bomb china you know, I don't know. I just let's bomb it. I don't care. I don't care. Get the booster shot. Bomb, bomb the China. Come on. Camille's <laughs> so frustrated. Right <laughs> He's just stoned. He's just like Smoking a out of fat yeah. ass pen. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. Legalized <laughs> in California. Fucking, you know, Peter Tosh over here. <laughs> Gumby behind him. He's got a big Gumby behind him. It's true. Three baseball hats it's and a, a Gumby. Yeah, oh my none God, of them are true. actually about baseball. I mean, some all is that a Yankees hat? It's a Yankees hat, motherfucker. Well, what one of them is baseball. It's a Yankees, I guess. yeah, it's right. a Washington. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's pretty much like it's a Jay Z thing. It's a Jay, okay. Jay made the Yankee hat famous. Nobody watches I mean, baseball. I thought I thought no, it was Babe Hillary. Ruth, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was Jay. It was Jay. It was Nobody Sir knows Edmund who Babe Hillary. Ruth is. <laughs> yeah, she was named after. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two years after she was born. I kind of forgot about that. Remember that one. Um, um, so September 18th, <laughs> we are anticipating another Sorry. rally in DC. Oh no. Are we? Oh, stop, no. stop the steal follow up. Stop the steal follow up. Oh, cool. 2.0. Yeah. September 18th. Very exciting stuff. Um, What's the, the organizers have asked, have asked attendees. This is called the, the rally has been called justice for 16. The rally oh, organizers yeah. are asking attendees not to wear Trump paraphernalia. They do not really? want them to wear this. 
Yeah, we, we request that anybody attending <laughs> our event not wear any clothing or have signs supportive of either yeah. President Trump or That'll Biden. Trick him. <laughs> yeah, or anyone Biden. not honoring this request will be assumed to be an infiltrator. Yes. And we will take your picture, find out yes. who you are, and oh, make yes. you famous. Hashtag cancel culture. Oh. Um, wow. <laughs> Is that so real? That's, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, there, there's some, there's some reporting suggesting Why? that certain members of Congress and their staffers are planning to not be around that weekend. But the concern here appears to be that the prosecution of people who were arrested in connection with the activities of January 6th, that these people are not being treated fairly and they want justice. They want transparency. Um, they so want... it's not about the election as such. It's about the people that were arrested in conjunction with the uh, expertly uh, executed coup d'état. <laughs> I would, I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. like coup d'état. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember all the the body count is very high for them. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of heart, a lot of heart protesters. attacks that day. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't imagine that if you were to do some sort of a chart that you wouldn't find a great deal of overlap between the kind of person likely to attend this rally and the likelihood that they believe that there were election shenanigans <laughs> that cost <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> the presidency. Um, yeah. But Just at a minimum, shirt. this Say is something that. else. Yeah. The guy, I love that don't wear their shirt. Everyone's going to be like, look at all those Romney supporters up on the hill. Like, who are you fooling? <laughs> Jesus. It's going to be like yeah. a Jeb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exclamation Homeland point. Please clap. <laughs> Homeland Security official estimates that maybe 700 people will attend this rally. Yeah. Wow. Um, we'll see. There's going to be 70. There's going to be 70. We'll wow. see. Yeah. 700 yeah. people out of a nation That's of 335 million? <laughs> Fuck. Call out the National Guard. Yeah. Get the fences up. Get the fence up. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, that's, that's the plan. This, the Capitol, Capitol Police have already said that's the plan, I that the fence should that, go yeah. up a couple of days before the, ra the rally. Um, and maybe it won't come down again for another few months, but we'll see what happens. Will that prevent them from protesting in front of the Capitol? Not, Is that unclear. what the fence does? Right? Because it was unclear. when I was there and yeah. I had to go through the, the cordon, I, it was... It had wrapped the entire uh, capital in a me cocoon of, of protection. I think that you can maybe protect the Capitol building of the with United guns. States of America <laughs> with enough people yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. armaments to yeah. make sure that like 212 yeah. like mouth-breathing losers can't yeah. like transcend the windows or whatever the yeah. hell like it's that shouldn't be a hard lift like what no. is the capitol hill police who had a really bad day very struggled and, very. and i feel badly for them 100 yeah. um uh but like what do you what what is your job that's the job that's the job right it's kind of a job yeah that's the job you should be able to do that without like a perimeter fence a half a mile away you to know make to, sure that no can go there. but to their point i would actually be interested in seeing some real data on this and somebody to actually uh, take a look at the people who have been arrested and who have remained in jail for long mm -hmm. periods of time um, versus people who have done other things that are trespassing or that are violence perpetrated against a police officer or an officer of the law in some way and see how they are being treated because it strikes me that the um, they're not being charged with sedition or insurrection or anything like that. 
Um, yep. And if that is the case, then, and again, I don't know. I don't know if it's true. They say it's true. I don't know if I believe them because they're not the most, these are people that think the election was stolen. So I'm not really on their side when it comes to like blindly trusting them with the facts. But if that, if that is the case, then we do have a problem, right? Then this is, these would be political prosecutions. They would be people that are being held. Um, I said the day that this happened, we recorded a podcast that everybody who went into that building should be prosecuted. I believe that to this day. It's pretty straightforward. As somebody who has waited for fucking hours to get a press pass to get into that building, I, I don't, I would never run into it. I just, I know that that's wrong and I know it's illegal. And if you have half a functioning brain cell, you should know the same thing. Now, what should become of these people is a different story. I don't know if, you know, what, what they're charged with and if comparable charges are as harsh. I, don't fucking protest. Do, you know, get people together and do some side of report on this and see what those actual, don't give me anecdotes of one guy who was in, you know, the basement of the, the Capitol Hill uh, jail for two months yeah, that is, you know, people get left in jails in New York City for two months for a lot of stupid things, too. I want to see that this is an actual political prosecution. Stop showing up and, you know, shouting and screaming. Nobody fucking cares. Everyone's going to hate you as a default, because even Republicans, by the way, you know, the average Republican is not a fan of what happened on, on January 6th. I don't think. I mean, the ones that I have talked to, you know, do the throat clearing and sometimes say, well, but, you know, at least know that this was not a good thing. Uh, so do that rather than showing up and protesting. But, you know, until then, I don't buy it, you know? Yeah. Is there data? Do I, have I missed it? No, I mean, I have similar concerns. I haven't seen a great deal of reporting about this, you know, what the status of these particular yeah. cases are. I mean, I do know that Call a, lot the, the most, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the most um, sensationalist suggestions that there were these grand conspiracies, people who had plotted out this thing and who are stashing armaments in various places or who were affiliated with really, really dastardly organizations, that a lot of that seems to have fallen apart. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, to the extent they had those associations, they, they had them, but there wasn't any grand plan to do something terrible that mm -hmm. day and to, to spirit away AOC and hold her ransom. It just seems like most of that has fallen apart. Um, and it, that, that seems important, but I don't know it that is, that's actually sure. made anyone talk about it any differently at the national, at the national that's level, who's uniquely right. concerned about this. So it was, it's almost as if the things that were said about nine 11 on the day of nine 11, which I was told when I was in a bar that evening that they had found a truck full of explosives on the George Washington bridge, mm -hmm. that there was this, that there was that, if that had remained for a year being in the public mm. consciousness because that's kind of what's happened that there, there was, was a fifth plane. Oh yeah. I forget that. Yes. There was, there was all, a yes. Fifth plane. Yes. There was a uh, Zacharias Musawi was late and he didn't get on that plane, I guess, but there was all of these uh, things that turned out not to be true, which is, you know, the, the thing about school shootings, you know, the thing that people always post when it happens, uh, there's never a second shooter. There's always said there to be a second shooter. So there's a lot of misinformation at the beginning, but you still hear people talk about this as an armed insurrection. Um, but one must choose sides, unfortunately. And I don't buy that, that to say, no, it wasn't an armed insurrection, armed insurrection does not right. mean that I like right. Donald Trump and I would vote for him or give a shit about him or think these people aren't 
total fucking lunatics, which they all are to a person. If you go to the Capitol, you storm it and you think the election was stolen, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. That seems fairly straightforward. None of us would be friends with these people. Just use that as, as your rule of thumb. Would you be friends with these people? No. But to, to cast any doubt on these initial claims that are still circulating amongst elected officials is to be on the wrong side of this issue. No, it's to be on the side of like, let's kind of try to be accurate about this stuff. It was bad. It shouldn't have happened. And I hope it doesn't happen again. And I hope there's a lot of cops there this time around. And I don't, I, like you, Matt, I suspect that not a lot of people will show up. But let's not... Let's not forget the headlines. Go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go out and look at those headlines that said, you know, the Capitol Hill riot, riot uh, uh, insurrection coup, whatever, claims its sixth victim. That stuff wasn't true. And nobody walked that stuff back because the narrative was better than the truth. The truth was it was bad. The narrative was it was a catastrophic event in American history that will never be matched. And people literally said that Michael Bushloss, the historian, et cetera, said it was, you know, worse than Pearl Harbor, whatever the fuck he said. This stuff's nuts. And let's be reasonable about it while also condemning it. No. Yeah. No. Last thing I might we're, throw we're out, um, Afghanistan has faded from the headlines over the course of the last week or so. But there was a story late last week uh, about additional details related to this drone strike that took place after the bombing at the airport. And there seems to be an increasing likelihood that rather than this being a successful strike on dodgy terrorists, bad people, it may have been screwed up and they may have killed 10 innocent civilians. The Pentagon has said they're investigating, but folks, um, including the Wall Street Journal, are calling for a thorough investigation of this attack so that we can better understand what happened here, which if you take that on top of the botched exit, it just is a really shoddy showing for the Biden administration, but also I think a pretty good warning for US foreign policy experts, the people who are going to be architecting whatever our policy is going to be in Afghanistan, which almost certainly is going to be framed with respect to our anti-terror efforts and is almost certainly something that they would plan to conduct from the sky. I mean, my feeling about it besides just the normal human revulsion at it all is that we're paying attention for this micro moment uh, to mm -hmm. this withdrawal, to this drone strike. How many drone strikes have there been <laughs> between 2000? I don't know. Let's just put some numbers on there. Nine. Nine. Uh, <laughs> Random number. 2009, <laughs> uh, but also uh, up until this year. So like, it's not totally partisan, this question. Um, but like we do drone strikes in a lot of different countries. It's not just Afghanistan. It's, it's Yemen, it's Somalia. It's a lot of different places. We've been doing this. And what is the level? This used to get a little bit of, of scrutiny in the first years of the Obama administration, right? People were, were like, okay, do you remember this moment? Actually, this is uh, really important in terms of thinking how we think both about foreign policy and about politics in this country. Um, There's a moment in 2012, I think it was right after uh, the first of the three debates between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. Remember this? Uh, Romney guts him. Yes, I remember he that very absolutely well. absolutely yeah. knifes him in the ribs. And he does yeah. it um, really smartly 
by echoing the same phrases that Obama had used in his first presidential debate four years previous. Uh, I forget what it is, but it's something, you know, some boilerplate of like, um, are you better off today or, you know, hurt the middle class, whatever, just the usual yardstick, but he used the exact phrase and you can watch it, go look at it. Um, you will see the blood drain out of Obama's face and he was a disaster in that debate. And his team acknowledged it too afterwards. And uh, Romney went up like in polling two, three, five points. Like it was obvious in that moment. What was the thing that happened? Um, one of the things that happened was that uh, the Obama administration suddenly scrambled to try to come up with rules of engagement about the war on terror, because maybe someone else might be waging this next time. So like, we really need to like figure out how we decide on the kill list, right? Which used to be a word that, that caused some controversy in 2011. It doesn't anymore. Uh, it's Even still minimal controversy. At the time. We still yeah. have yeah. kill lists. They, they yeah. never stop yeah. even for half a second, but like suddenly and the front page, New not York, opposed to this, by the way, New York, of course, <laughs> Fucking, like, uh, like a good kill list, uh, uh, front page Pro stories. provide like, well, you know, provided it's not the guy who runs the shawarma stand down the street in Kabul, you know? Yeah. Which well, we, we won't know because they're secret. Yeah. They're secret. Kill yes. List. This is why yeah. it's a problem. How many, <laughs> I trust them. How many people have been killed between the October, 2012, micro concern uh, over the kill list rules of engagement and up until the Biden, you know, if it happened like that. And I, I think that it probably might've been, um, you know, just fucking murder of 10 people who didn't deserve to be murdered. Um, like how many thousands of people have been killed by American drones since then uh, without anyone giving a shit, not even a little mm. shit. Scott Horton will give a shit. A few other people give a shit. Most people will not give a shit about this. Uh, and I think that is the greater lesson. It's not like, oh, my God, you know, Biden really fucked everything up. Yes, I think he fucked up the withdrawal in many ways. We still have Americans there. When apparently, it's not a topic of conversation, but like it's, it's an issue. Uh, I one would think. Um, but there is a broader issue of we've been droning people to death without a whole lot of uh, thought um, for a long time now. And it hasn't been political in this country. And I think it should become. I'm happy that this thing became something that people notice. And I, mm. I feel shame that I haven't noticed enough things that have happened before. And I hope that we I would say that's limited, though, how much, how much people have noticed this, uh, depending on your degree of tribal affiliation. I mean, I don't suspect that there is a lot of conversation about this on MSNBC. Um, and to, if this something like this happened and there was reporting that a family and somebody who actually worked for the United States just worked for the United States, uh, was like on mm -hmm. the, on the same team. Yes. On the same team was killed. I suspect they'd probably be making a bigger deal of it, which, which is like, if you're in Afghanistan, yeah. let's just uh, try to be clear about this. If you're in Afghanistan and you're working for the United States, that's controversial. Yeah. If, if you, you don't mm -hmm. suspect you'll be killed by the United <laughs> States, right. you suspect you'll be killed bit. by the people who have taken over the government. And yeah. by the way, it yeah. should be uh, noted. The New York times uh, has reported on this and have not, have not shied away from it. Um, so it's not, it's just the really partisan idiots. Um, it's actually like, the commentariat that has yes. been silent. Yes. The reporting 100%. Has, has not. Been. The reporting has been good. And that's, you know, the wall street journal, the, the, 
the New York Times, and by the way, the Wall Street Journal's reporters are not conservative. It's the editorial yeah. page and some other aspects of the paper. It used to be a little right-leaning in its book book reviews and things like that in isn't the weekend section. Isn't anymore, um, but it's reporting. Uh, it sometimes strikes me that they're trying to compensate for the fact that their, their uh, editorial page is, is uh, very right-wing. But yeah, I mean, there, there hasn't been in the commentary a, a lot of outrage about this. And look, you can make a defense of that and just say, look, I, you know, we're seeing what the Biden administration is going to do. I don't buy that for a second because this is a weird version of Wag the Dog because Wag the Dog is supposed to get your mind off of military affairs and you know, or, or use military affairs to get it off of something, domestic you know, domestic affairs. But literal this is, affairs. yeah, literal affairs. And this is something that uh, a foreign policy blunder you're trying to distract by another foreign policy blunder, as far as I can tell. But I yeah. said on this podcast that I, who, I don't know if this is true, because um, there was an initial reporting, and so I'm not going to criticize them. It seems like that reporting is a little more solid now in that they mm -hmm. fucked up. And what will be the consequence of this? Absolutely Zero. nothing. Never has been, never will. Now, you can't micromanage a war in the sense that, like, you're fighting in 2005 in Fallujah, and you're like, well, the house that you hit actually had... And you can't like litigate that. And it's just, it's just impossible, right? But when you're doing something that this is the one military action that is taken in response to people being murdered, Americans and Afghans at the airport during your colossal fuck up. And there's no doubt about it. It was a colossal fuck up of the uh, Biden administration. That's something worthy of, you know, if it turns out to be true, censure at the very least, uh, or, or just looking into it for God's sake. People in that White House should come forward. And I don't know if this is true. So I, the, 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 this hasn't happened if uh, Jen Psaki has talked about this or not. But they should, somebody should turn the screws on them and see what the fuck happened because this is a really, really bad thing if that is true. Rand Paul uh, turned the screws on, I believe, Donald Blinken on uh, yeah, Capitol yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah. No, not Donald Blinken. You're, that is a great conflation of uh, Tony Blinken and Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> it's, all the, it's all the man. From what I can tell. Um, <laughs> look like no, I, and uh -huh. Rand, Rand Paul gets a lot of a very nice guy, by the way. Uh, from us as well as other people. Uh, and I'm happy they served that function right now. Like that's a cross-examination that needs to happen. Yeah, but 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 what about him on gain of function research? <laughs> I mean Well, I mean it, it turns out he's I mean, probably a little more a little I, more I mean, right than wrong on that too, actually. No, I, mean, I, that's what I think it's per, funny. Per the intercepts this. reporting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe his neighbor shouldn't have beaten him up. Maybe I'm on his side. Oh, God damn it. You always got to do that. Always... Well, I've been kind of pro his neighbor just because he was a dick to me one time I interviewed him. So. It's not enough. Oh, man. Hurt his... Yeah. I didn't I mean, it, This is the thing. Yeah, if you're, like, you're going to nice. get into a fight with your neighbor, you should probably just whoop his ass. And that way Moynihan can't make fun of you. That's, yeah, exactly. that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, seriously. I mean, if, if Rand Paul you... whooped his ass, it'd be like, wow, look at that guy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, know, how much street cred? How much street cred do you get for that? Yeah, <laughs> what you, what you son, say about my like, mama? Go, yeah. <laughs> what you say about Ron Paul? Go and look at the uh, the archives of Ron. He Paul is fleet-footed, playing in the congressional uh, baseball game. Like he's like in like an Astros uniform, 
and like, oh, that's an old one, and like hit yeah. home runs. Like, oh, he's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, like the last person in the world that you would expect to be good, besides like Alan Dershowitz with his shirt cock, <laughs> like hitting a home run is Ron Paul. But like apparently, yeah, super he good. Like, no, he looked like Butch Hobson out there. He was like he had quite a stroke. It's more Billy Allman, but like uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, well, we should get man. out of here. Um, we'll be here. we'll be back yeah, with him soon. It, yeah. I think we got we got a couple things in the hopper that are coming for hopper. folks. Do we? Very soon, do we? right? Do we? Yeah, what? I think we do. I think we do. And I think next week we've got a guest, and we're going to be talking some some tech policy. I, I suspect we'll be talking about big tech and whether it should be busted up. And we got some Patreon uh, stuff coming. The, the state of our politics. We could also talk about some of this Facebook stuff that's been covered and some extensive reporting that came out in the Wall Street Journal. The Journal but that's all yeah, I'll say this yeah. week, that there'll be more next week. About and Facebook and body image. That's fine. Yeah. It's huh. important. It's worthwhile. You should come back. It's important. Um, but yeah, we got some, else? we'll have some stuff um, coming on the Patreon and, and another Patreon episode. Uh, Matt's recorded something really cool that I'm looking forward to because it was just Matt and some other dude. You'll find out about it soon. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this, I hope, will, it will not come out, I don't think, in time for this. But go back into the archives. One hopes it will only be one day. Uh, the three of us are doing a, a full episode yeah. of the McGeon Kelly show, uh, former NBC star. Uh, before that, she was apparently at a different network. Yeah. Oh, sure we're which, getting a wow. phone call. Hold on. We're wow. getting a phone call. Megan. It says scam likely from Woodward or again. Okay. Decline. Uh, <laughs> that's not for her. I hope. She, I, I know. It's like, it's like I dream of Jeannie. I say her name and she calls me. <laughs> I just have her in my phone as scam likely. <laughs> None of that makes sense. But yeah, no, just yeah. Sense. Oh, yeah Megan Kelly, go back and look. Yeah, we'll be on that. We'll tomorrow. see how we did. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. I think we did fine. I think we did good. Yeah. I think Camille really fucked it up. I'm clearly her favorite, though. That has been established. Yeah, of course. Really? Really? Yeah. Just want to be clear about that. Absolutely. We could ask her. Just ask her and see. Yeah, ask her who's a favorite. And then Camille mm -hmm. is going to get kicked off for citing uh, Luther Campbell lyrics or something. You know, just be, just be, she'll be like, what are you talking about? What is this? Like, yeah, you don't know. Oh, right. I, I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. I love you long time. Bye. Bye. Love you. Short time. We know a new <laughs> method of attack. The Trojan horse. The fifth column.